We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you, as always, for locking in, whether it's on the audio side, on Spotify or Apple, or on the video side via YouTube. Appreciate you all. Um, Going to get back to business today, talking sports. That's what I primarily like to do anyway. Times are shitty here in Buffalo. Never suspected uh, that the president of the United States would be coming to visit my hometown on a Tuesday, but sadly, and as we all know, it's for all the wrong reasons, man. Really, uh, really shitty time, really sad time here in Buffalo. But anyway, uh, I'm joined by a good buddy, recurring guest from Buffalo, lives in Queens now, of course, but you know, you know, Buffalo as well as anybody. Joe, what's going on, dude? How you doing? Good, man. How's it going with you? Well, not great. Yeah. You know, it's not a, it's not a a beaming time to be proud to, to be in Buffalo right now. I'm sure you know that as, as well as everybody, but, uh, you know. Yeah. um, I can't even, I know, like, I know you did a show about this a couple days ago and it's just like, I don't really, I, I don't like, I could spend like another hour on here talking about this whole thing and, expletive this expletive that and I, I i can't articulate i just can't articulate just just how enraging it is that yeah. like we still have this sort of bullshit in this country and with guns with racism with critical race theory being debated and all this sort of nonsense and it's like we could just go into wormhole after wormhole about it and it, it's just it's just it's sick and tiring and I, I really, you know, there is no, there really isn't any hope. And all it is really is, it feels like it's going to be, a, it's going to become just a bunch of cliches, uh, some hashtags, you know, maybe there'll be some change, but it's not, it's not going to be much. And it's just like, I'm just, it's just, it's just like, it was a horrible day in Buffalo history. Like, I, like since the last, since the president got shot there, like, you know, a hundred years ago, whatever the hell that was. Like that's how bad of a day that was, and yeah. just um, it, I I don't see it's just there is no, I there is no like optimism, and I feel horrible for the people who really do care, and the, obviously for the victims of the families and those poor people who just fucking were going there to go shop for produce and get shot, you know, because some jackass 
who I'm not going to get into it, but it's just, I, I feel for everyone. And yeah. It's just, it just sucks. But, but I, I feel like there's, there's a solution here, and, but no one really like just too many people are arguing about it, you know, and it's just, it's just frustrating because there is a solution to this. Yeah. I, I a, look, look, I agree a hundred percent. And, uh, to your point, I, I did a podcast Monday and I, I felt it and, I, and I'm still feeling it. And I know you are, and I know a lot of people watching on YouTube or listening are as well. Um, we talked a little bit before we started taping too. And, and again, it's not easy to do, but people for the most part who, who are tuned in, they do want to, whether you want to just call it a break or whether they just, they just, they just want to hear about sports, you know? And so what I did and decided to do for this episode, and this is going to be actually a two-part episode. Um, part two will carry next week. But I went on Twitter, and again, I'm just desperate to just talk some football, you know? And I put up a tweet, and I asked Bills fans, and I'm going to throw it up here. If you're watching this on the YouTube side, all these tweets will be visual. If not, I'll describe them as best I can on the audio side. But I, I took to Twitter and I asked fans, I said, I'm looking for your boldest Bills and or NFL 2022 season takes. And then I said, I'll start and I'll get into mine in a second. But I just want to let you know, man, it's as we're recording this and it's still the first night that I did, there's like almost 200 responses. Um, wow. I, I chose, I got between, again, between today and next week, at least close to, to 50 that I want to highlight and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a take or two of our own. But the way I want this to work is I want to highlight the people that submitted some tweets, read what they said, and then I'll get a reaction either fr from you or, or from myself or from both of us. And uh, that'll be the format. I think this is a good way to uh, get people who, who, who listen to the podcast involved in the show. So We'll see how this goes. But anyway, like I said, I asked. We just want to shit on your opinions. That's what this is all about. We're just probably, crap on probably, your opinions. probably. At least and, I am. And let me preface this too. This. Let me preface this too. I did say boldest. I, I think it's important to throw that word out there. I didn't say your most like, you know, your realistic expectations for the season. These are supposed to be bold. That's what they're designed for. Anyway, I said, I'll start. And uh, for the Bills, I have Gabe Davis having over a thousand yards receiving this year. And from a league-wide perspective, I got the New England Patriots finishing dead last in the AFC East. Now, since, again, since I started this with my own take, um, I'll say this. And in response, I gave Davis, and, and I got several, and I think one or two of them I'll highlight in a minute. People, the, the prevailing response was that's not really that bold of a take, which I don't really agree with that. He's your second wide receiver. Your primary wide receiver is one of the best in the NFL. This is an offense that is absolutely loaded with weapons and depth now. And as a quarterback who's capable of running for five to 700 yards over the course of a season, and the last time the Bills had two wide receivers who had over 1,000 yards in the same season, you have to go all the way back to 2002 with Eric Moulds and Peerless Price. So I think that's, I mean, it's not the boldest take ever, but I think it's kind of a, Semi-bold take. And as for the Patriots finishing last in the AFC East, I mean, there's a lot of people, and, and I think you'll see in some of these tweets who actually, I'm surprised, they actually agreed with me. Uh, I mean, this is a playoff team from last year, but I just was not that impressed with them. I don't think they're that good. I think they had a pretty shitty offseason. I don't think they did much in the draft. Um, Miami is loaded. 
and it's going to come down to the quarterback play. And we'll be talking about that throughout tonight and next week because there's plenty of tweets that discuss that. I think the Jets are a much better football team. They've had two years of now of getting good young players through the draft and free agency. So if Zach Wilson could uh, take that next step, I think the Jets could be pretty good. And again, people are going to have takes on that as well. But uh, I guess the primary thing is Gabe Davis, a thousand yards. A, do you see that happening? And B, how, how bold do you consider that? I do see him doing that. I don't think it's a bold take at all. Uh, primarily because if Josh Allen is a 4,000 yard quarterback, which I think we can say to say he is like someone's got, where's the math going with receiving? I think the bills wide receiver core is a little bit thinner than it was last year. Colby's is gone, you know, and now it like Crowder's in there, but I don't know how Crowder's going to be, you know, and I think, Look at it this way. Cole Beasley almost was like six. If Cole Beasley didn't get hurt two years ago, he would have had a thousand yards, you know, and they would have, they would have had two 1000 yard wide receivers with Beasley and Diggs. So I feel Gabe is, is going to be the de facto number two guy Well, that number two guy does get a lot of yards. And I think it thinned out a little bit, the wide receiver position, at least I feel like it has where, you know, they're going to, if the bills are going to run a little bit more too tight end offense, which I feel like they're going to do, that means like there's going to be what two wide receivers on the field. So I feel like I don't think that's that's that bowl of a take. All right, to be that, that's fair. But, but I don't at the same. T- but at the ahead. same time, sorry. But at the same time, I don't think it's because like Gabe Davis is like this like specimen monster guy. I don't think getting a thousand what you know a thousand yards receiving is that big of a deal anymore in the NFL because of the way these teams pass. They just pass all the freaking time. You know the Chiefs always have two one thousand yard. People, it's always Kelsey and Hill. So why can't, you know, it's kind of like, so why can't Davis be that guy? I just think like someone's got to catch the ball. The Bills are a primarily throwing offense. So um, I don't think that's a bold take. Okay, that's fair. I would, I don't know if I would agree about the wide receiving unit. I, I think Crowder and Beasley more than likely is kind of a wash. Uh, they, they drafted a rookie, Shakir, who some people, and, and we'll find out soon enough, think it's going to have a role on this team. But more than that, they got a much better second tight end now with O.J. Howard. They got a running back coming out of the backfield who's expected to catch a lot of passes. I, it's, again, I agree it's not the boldest take ever. Uh, but And I and I and what I don't agree with is you and I have different opinions, I could tell, and not just from today but from the past too on Gabriel Davis. I think Gabe Davis is ready to become an absolute stud in the NFL. And I, make that, and I said that, by the way, before last year's chief playoffs game where he just went absolutely bananas. I, I mean, maybe I was overstepping in a little bit late last season, but I said the dude is going to be the next Mike Evans. That's how much I think of, of Gabe Davis. He's just got the size, the route running, the hands, the, the, he, he, he's got the whole package to me. And he's on a team where he's not going to get too much attention, which of course makes things a little easier on him. As so well. why is this a bold prediction then though? If you love Gabe Davis, like then like this shouldn't be a bold. <laughs> I position. said, it's not the boldest prediction ever. It's not. You're, you're no. a wimp. And wimp. a lot of, and a lot of these, by the way, a lot of these, I'm sure we're going to say that they're not like the boldest prediction ever. And again, I'm going to go through these. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see them right on well, the screen. But, yeah. And real quick, I just wanted to go to your Patriots one. I don't, I think the Patriots are, I, I, that's a bold take. I think, I think right now we're in this weird state where, like, a lot of your replies and, like, I think the NFL, like, is really dumping hard on the Patriots. But the Patriots won 11 games last year. You know, they mm-hmm. beat some good They beat some good teams. I think now it's just kind of like we're laughing at them because like, it, it's one of those, like, in a way, like, they're the exact opposite 
of like the Bills in in terms of how the season ended, where the Bills were eleven and six going into the playoffs, and I don't think we were all that confident going in against New England. Like I thought they were going to win, but it was like a really weird regular season. Like they they beat shitty teams, and they were kind of like struggling here and there. And then they they crushed New England, and then the momentum got high, and then the whole thing happened with the Chiefs, where the offense was unreal. And I think everyone has like these a lot of the Super Bowl aspirations. I think a lot of it has to do with how they finish the season. Whereas New England, how they finish how they finish the season is like their microcosm right now of that one game. Like, oh, they're not good. And well, we're great because we had two really outstanding games to end the season on offense. And I think that's where it's at. I don't, I don't, I don't believe, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid of the Jets yet. Um, well, we'll I get to them. My, but Miami, but I, I don't think, I don't think, uh, you know, maybe, yeah, you know, it's a bold take, but I, I don't agree with it, but it's a bold take. I, I would say it's bold, I, but I think, I think your audience really loves dumping on the Patriots. You know what I mean? So they're going to, of course, agree with you. Well, I, and I'm going to say it's not bold. Anyways, go ahead. I, I at least, no matter what people think of me, whether they like what I got to say, whether they don't, the one thing I no try one to likes be consistent to with, regardless, I I try to be objective and I would be completely honest. Like I think Miami, and we're going to talk about them soon. I think they're way better than a lot of people think, including their quarterback. I don't think the Patriots are a good football. Team. I don't think they're as good as their record was last year, just like there's teams who I think were better than their record was last year. I don't think the Patriots are that good. I think a lot of their talent is older. I'm not high on Mac Jones. And again, they had an offseason where they lost a lot more than they gained. Lots of questions about the Patriots. And it's sure it's about the other teams. Anyway, let's move on. All right. So so Jeff S. He tweeted, Diggs and Davis are equals by gear end. And then he also had an NFL take saying the Bengals uh, missed the playoffs. I don't know about equal, but. I, you know, I, again, we're, we're both, you already, you just said, you don't even think it's that bold yeah. that Gabe Davis will have a thousand yards. So maybe equals is a little bit much, which again is bold. Bengals missing the playoffs after going to the Super Bowl. I, I did a little bit of research here for teams in recent years that went to the Super Bowl and then failed to make the playoffs the next year. And the two teams that came up, the Rams back in 2018, they lost to the Patriots and then they did not make the playoffs the next year. And the Carolina Panthers got crushed by Denver in the Super Bowl in 2015. And they were 15 and one that year. And then the next year they did not make the playoffs, which I believe Cam Newton got hurt that year anyway. But uh, so there is some precedent. I don't I don't know, man. I and and you'll see throughout some of these tweets. By the way, I should have said too, Joe has seen these tweets for the first time, just like many of you are are seeing and listening to him as well. So it's not like he's had time to prepare, but I got to jump in for this one because I don't see the Cincinnati Bengals missing the playoffs. I think this team is really, really good. Their best players are young, and they had an absolutely fantastic offseason. Their offensive line was their problem, and they fixed it, man. They went out and they spent some big-time money, and then I thought they had a really good draft. So I don't see that happening. Again, bold takes, bold predictions, whatever you want to call it. What do you think? I think it's a bold prediction, but I – like the one thing it's like bold versus like i could i could bold see versus asinine I'm not saying this is asinine but there is a difference between being bold yeah, and being like, like ridiculous and there are some that are ridiculous quite frankly here i mean i can i can totally see that so i, I don't know if it's like bold asinine because I, I like the Bengals, but the afc is so sure it's so great right now with sure. like the, i mean teams that didn't make it last year could you see the broncos making making it i could could you see the Chargers making the playoffs? I could. Could sure. you see the Ravens making the playoffs? 
I could. Those three teams didn't make the playoffs last yeah. year. Yeah. So someone has to, like, kind of maybe leave the fold. You know what sure. I mean? I mean, the Colts, it could Miami, be the, the yeah, Colts, like the Miami, Col- there's plenty of them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I don't think <laughs> there are many. It's, it, it's going to be, it, I think, when you have take that this team will not make the playoffs outside of like the bills and maybe the chiefs i don't I don't think i would sit there and like go like you're crazy if you said any other team outside of those two because it's such an elite a lot of right now <laughs> well again i want to preface this by saying joe has not seen a lot of these tweets because there are a lot of people who are not going to agree with what you just said and you'll see why in just a minute I, I would put Cincinnati right there on that first tier. I, I have Cincinnati on the first tier, right? Right a little bit below Buffalo, so I don't agree. But, yeah, to your point, crazier things have happened, and this is a loaded conference, so you can't dismiss really anything. All right, moving on. Uh, at Bills Pro says Josh Allen breaks the single-season touchdown record. Not quite sure. I mean, that's open for a lot of interpretation, but just so everybody's aware, if you're talking about the passing touchdown record, which I'm, I'm thinking he is, that was set by Peyton Manning back in 2013, but 55 touchdowns. Josh Allen, I believe, had 36 touchdowns last year. That's a lot of touchdown passes to throw. Uh, I, that's bold as shit. I mean, you're talking about somebody breaking an all-time single-season record. Is it bold? Maybe this game should be called, hey, Joe, is this bold or is this crazy? What do you uh, think? That, to me, is crazy. I don't think he's breaking the single-season record. I, I, think it's, I think that's a crazy prediction like no not gonna yeah. happen sorry 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 he runs too much he Did runs we check too if much? any of these people have me blocked by the way because i don't want to see their tweets if they i'm block. sure they probably are. <laughs> there's a chance for sure that a couple of these definitely do um uh, yeah I, I i think that's a little bit nuts um and by the way there'll be plenty more josh allen uh scattered throughout this episode and part two as well like i said he uh he's gonna throw for touchdowns he's there's no question about it but uh, just that pace, plus, you know, the Bills being a good team, there's a lot of teams on the second half of the schedule. They might get up bigger, and they might run the ball a lot more in the second half. That that would be very difficult to, uh, you know, maintain. What You're talking 55 touchdowns over 17 games. You're talking close to three and a half touchdown passes a game for the season. Not a boss. I mean, when you think about it that way, it's not impossible. But, no, nah, I, don't, I, I, I don't see that happening either. But, you know, it's bold. That's what, that's what we wanted. All right, so here's where things get interesting in this podcast for me, folks. Of all the people, and I understand why, because we don't know anything about them yet on an NFL level. We have not seen them. Um, Bill's second-round pick, James Cook. There are, there's probably more tweets that I got concerning him than any other player on this team. Now, I don't have them all on the screen, but I'm going to put a couple of them. Um, first and foremost here, um, Jack. Twitter handles at Gene Paul underscore Scott says Bills, James Cook, offensive rookie of the year. And then his bold NFL take is the Dallas Cowboys missed the playoffs. And um, and then I'll, I'll read the second one as well. JN Hewitt says uh, Cook finishes with more all purpose yards and more TDs and Singletary. And his he's got an NFL take as well. The Jets and the Bears both finish around 500. So Let's start there. We'll go between the bolt between Dallas missing the playoffs, Jets and Chicago being around 500. I really don't think that part is very bold. Um, James Cook, though, I mean, people generally speaking, with the exception of one tweet that I think might be up here, 
they think this guy's going to come in and, and be like really good right away. And I think he's going to be useful right away, but I, I caution people who are watching and listening. This guy's not going to be his brother. He's not Dalvin cook. This think James white from the Patriots. Cause that's literally what this guy is a guy who can really catch the ball coming out of the backfield and bring an element to the bills offense. But just like James White with New England all these years, ain't going to carry the ball 15, 20 times a game. People are asking for a lot for a rookie player. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a, it's it's a, a little it's a little asinine to say he's going to be rookie of the year. Like, sorry, I, I think that's a little that's the, much. If the Bills, if the Bills were a power running team, and like they had a smaller running back room, maybe sure. But the Bills have proven. And maybe this is me. This is what we've talked about this before, but so I'll, it bears repeating. Like, I don't have an issue with like Devin Singletary or Moss as running backs. I have an issue with how the Bills have used them. I let still me add, let me lot- add, Joe, before you before you get into your, let me add another tweet too because this is very related. So, and it's going to add into what you're saying. Um, at or his name Scott at Scojo one three one eight. He tweeted James Cook thrives. And Ken Dorsey's fast-paced offense totaling double-digit TDs. I right, continue. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't see it right now. But my initial, in the, the problem is, is like the Bills have shown they have not been great when it comes to either running the football or getting their running backs involved. And I do see their, and I, and I think until I see a philosophy where it's like, oh, hey, like they are known to get their running backs involved. I, I don't by any of these new running backs coming in and just being an impact guy as of right now. And I, I don't like, he's a rookie. Like, is he going to play right away? Like, is he, or uh, the whole thing is like, I, I have, I've had Ajita trying to at times figure out the bills running back rotation. And I don't think they have not shown me anything in terms of like, they have designed runs where we can see a guy catching like a really uniquely drawn out screen pass. I, you know, I don't know anything about Ken Dorsey in terms of what he's going to do offensively. If he's going to become like the screen game champion of the world with designing plays for the running backs. I haven't seen any of that. And I think I, and I, 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 I told, I would tell people relax on the, on the, on the whole getting the running backs involved thing. Cause again, I don't know, like, and I, I wish someone could do like a piece on this. Like what, what does it take to be a really good running back wide receiver? You know, out of the backfield, like what, 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 what do you need to do well? Do you need to have like good footwork when it comes to running pass patterns? Do you need to have like really good offensive linemen that can kick out and do a screen play? And like, I don't know if he could do that. I've seen the highlights of him at Georgia, and yeah, like one play he's like shooting down, like shooting down like the seam from the backfield, which seems like a very basic route for him. I don't know, but I, I don't buy the he's going to be this giant rookie of the year because I really do think. They, they they have not proven to me that they know how to use the running backs, but also I feel they're going to be bipolar and they're going to switch between the three the three running backs they have right now. It's going to okay. be who's hot, who's not. Anyways, I agree. I, I I agree with what you're saying there. Um, in terms of Ken Dorsey thriving in his fast paced offense, and again we invited people to have bold takes, so I got no problem with anything anybody's saying. Um, we don't know what Ken Dorsey's offense is going to look like because he's literally never been an offensive coordinator <laughs> before, so. We don't know that. Um, going back to Jack, who said the Cowboys missed the playoffs, I, I I don't see that happen. However, I do think the Philadelphia Eagles very well could win the NFC East. I think they got a pretty good team. Jets and Bears finishing around 500. I think that would be a little bit of an uphill battle for both teams. I could see them winning maybe seven games apiece. I think the Jets are going to be 
significantly better than they were last year for sure. I don't think they're pushovers. And in terms of um, James Cook, look, let me say this. And I agree with a lot of what you said. Plus, I think people are getting the wrong idea because he was drafted so high. He was brought here for a reason. He was here. He was brought here to bring an element to the Bills offense. And that's in the passing game. Even at Georgia in college, this guy was only averaging like 10 carries a game. I don't know why people think he's coming to the NFL and he's going to carry the ball 15 to 20 times. He's not here to replace Devin Singletary or even push him. He's here to bring another element, at least right now anyway, um, to this offense, which kind of leads to a, a take from Michael Leesman slash the caveman, which I agree with this first part. His, his bold prediction, which is kind of bold compared to a lot of what other people are thinking James Cook is going to be this year. He says, I don't think James Cook's role in this offense will cut into Devin's workload as much, if really at all, as some fans may think slash wanted to. And then he goes, NFL, I got too many, but here's one. Derek Carr better than Joe Burrow. Very close, though. I really don't, I don't agree with that. No. Uh, that's that. I like Derek Carr, too, but I, 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 that's kind of like disrespecting Joey Burrow a little bit to me. But anyway, back to his point about Cook. Like I said, I don't think he's going to cut into what Devin Singletary is, is going to do to this team too much, unless maybe it's a close game in the fourth quarter and the Bills got to throw the ball more. Um, also, yeah, keep one thing in mind. Good. Quick pack, Pat. How yeah. many times we have we seen rookie running backs, like, they seem to, like, ease them in. Like, two, when Singletary was a rookie, remember when we were, like, begging them to play him more and yep. said they were playing Fr Frank Gore a lot? Like, yep. it was, like, 50-50. And I think part of it was like he's a veteran versus like, you know, like they kind of wanted to ease him in. Go when Zach Moss was a rookie. He didn't get a lot of he, he didn't get like that much playing time. Him and Singletary kind of like went at it. Like they, and I think Zach Moss, if I remember correctly, I don't think he did much the first month of the season. Like he didn't play all that much. He got hurt actually, maybe was what happened. But like they offensively speaking, I don't feel they they rushed their guys in like right away. Like, you know what I mean? Dawson Knox didn't play that much as a rookie. He played here and there, but it was mostly Aaron Croft they they played more of. So I think it's going to be like, I don't think they're going to rush someone in and just throw them in there like that that high up. You know? I agree. So, I agree. And I also, again, I don't think he's at any point going to be the primary rusher on this football team. And this isn't tweeted, but to me, one of the, the better, more interesting battles at training camp might be Zach Moss versus Duke Johnson and what route they want. James Cook's, his role is locked in for the Bills. Devin Singletary is locked in. Zach Moss is not. Um, Duke Johnson is not. I would say Zach Moss would have the advantage coming into the season. He might be the backup running back. Or again, I think Cook is going to catch the ball more. Um, speaking of Devin Singletary, this is, you want to talk about a bold take, I'll give this guy this. Uh, Santiago <laughs> Merldy, he says, Singletary plus 2,000 yards for the season. All right. I, I had to look it up just for the hell of it. The only player ever, or, or not only, um, 2,000 yards combined. Obviously, OJ ran for 2,000 yards, but I looked it up. Thurman Thomas, second ballot Hall of Famer, should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. He had 2,000 yards combined from scrimmage in his career twice. Throughout his entire Hall of Fame career, uh, 91 and 92. I don't see any circumstance on the face of this earth when you got a quarterback who runs like Josh Allen and throws as much as he does. Devin Singletary ain't getting 2,000 yards a season. Bold, yes. Crazy, yes. 
Yeah, maybe he's counting preseason and training camp and like <laughs> some of last maybe, year. Maybe, maybe Singletary's gonna like return kicks and punts. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't. Let's see keep that, it buddy. going, man. All right, so um, Hansel at Uber Hansen. Um, all right, some of these are pretty cool. He's got a bunch of them here, and I, I'll read them off. Devin Singletary, a thousand plus rushing yards. Okay. No. Josh no. Allen, sixty plus touchdowns, including the postseason. Uh, Matt Arazia slash punt god. He's going to score a touchdown this year. Um, he's got the Jaguars hosting a playoff game. He's got the Saints winning the NFC South. And he's got Greg Rizzo and Ed Oliver both having double-digit sacks. All right, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, good tweet, by the way, from Hansel. I think Singletary is a possibility. I don't, I don't know. So I don't agree with you there. You said no quickly. Josh Allen, 60 touchdowns. Are you including rushing and through the postseason? I mean, it's possible they might play four games in the postseason. That's a quarter of a season right there. So it's not impossible. Punt God, I mean, I guess you never know. The Jaguars hosting a playoff game. So that's for that to happen, that means that they would be, he's saying uh, they would win the AFC South. They ain't ready to win the AFC South. Saints winning the NFC South, I could see. And Grizzo and Ed Oliver having double digit sex. Let's save, let's, let's not even talk about that. We'll save that because I know there's tweets coming up about them. In a little while, anything stand out besides that to you from this? Tweet? I like to, I like to be smoking what Uber Hanson is smoking to have these bold takes. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> they're all pretty damn bold, and they're like, I don't see. I mean, maybe maybe Punk God gets a touchdown, I guess. Uh, but no, I mean, it's um, yeah, they all seem they seem insane to me. So uh, yeah, so good bold take that I don't agree with that I don't see at all. I don't, so, I don't, I don't think Devin Singletary running for a thousand yards is, is that outlandish. I really don't. It's outlandish. What do you think they're going to do, I man? Think, they got three running backs. They're going to, I don't, for a thousand. I, again, I don't think James Cook is going to run the football much at all. And but depending you think on in what general, happens, they're going to run the football. You think they're going to run the football. More. I think they're going to be up enough to run the football. And, uh, if you look back at the end of last season, Singletary came on, um, Oh yeah, he was getting he was getting sixty yards a game instead of five. Yeah, he came out real strong. <laughs> I'll say though that uh, low key, the Jaguars also in a playoff game that might be the most bold take of all of them so far. But uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna take a real quick break, come back on the other side. I got plenty more of your Buffalo Bills takes. Be right back, folks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, I am back here with Joe, and we are diving into some of your Buffalo Bills hot takes. All right, so let's keep this party going here. We just did that one. Um, Jason Kahn. Hoenzi, I can't pronounce it, so I apologize here. All right, so these are, I'm going to read both of these because you want to talk about one guy thinks a lot of Jameson Crowder and the other dude don't think much of him at all. First, let's start with uh, the latter. Jason tweets, Jameson Crowder is a camp cut. Bill's coaching staff is wild by Shakir's pro readiness. It's all about uh, the rookie Khalil Shakir and still have iMac as a race in the hole. Um, super competitive roster means that we see a surprise cut or two. Crowder is my surprise. So Jason says that. And then Mark K, complete opposite, Jameson Crowder, 80 plus catches. Um, someone, I don't know, maybe this uh, somewhere in the middle. I, I think both of these are pretty bold. I do not think Jameson Crowder is getting cut. In terms of Jameson Crowder having 80 plus catches, I looked it up. His career best is 78 catches that he had with the New York Jets back in. Uh, 2019. So I, I, I guess, again, I'm sure you agree that this is kind of somewhere in the middle is more likely what happens with him. But uh, do you see, hey, do you, well, I should ask you, do you see him getting cut? And B, where do you fall with Jameson Crowder? You said you think Beasley's. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm definitely closer to him getting 80 catches than I am to him getting cut. I mean, Man. I don't, he's not getting cut. And again, I don't, I think, I, I think a lot of people are overrating the, but I, oh, a lot of people, but I, I, you, maybe you, I think you're overrating the whole wide receiving core right now in terms of like, oh man, like this fifth round rookie is going to come in and then like turn heads and like, they're going to cut a veteran. Like, what, are you kidding me right now? Like they got, they got basically, they have two wide receivers with at least what, two years experience on this roster right now. It's Diggs and it's Crowder and Crowder catching. Look, Davis is going to his third year now. Yeah, but I'm saying like, yeah, third. But I mean, like in terms of veterans, like not sure. on the. I mean, and, and Isaiah McKenzie. That's a that's a shitty stat. I just gave my apology. But Crowder, Crowder caught 80 passes with Darnold of golf for God's sakes. Like that's you you get 80 passes in the Jets' offense with Darnold. That's like that's like the dead ball era of like getting like 30 home runs in like baseball in 1991 or something like that like he's playing with a shit quarterback a shit offense and he got almost 80 catches if they put him in the slot which is what uh, all intents and purposes a lot of people have him going in there and that's a uh, that's a spot that josh allen has lit up in terms of getting the guy getting the ball to that guy i think he's close to i i think he can get like 60 catches i really do because that slot i've always said this i said this years ago i said it today i'll say it tomorrow and next time i'm on the podcast that slot position in in with Josh Allen and for that like New England typical offense, it gets a lot of it gets a lot of play. And it I does. think you could put a guy, you put a lot, a, guy, a lot of guys. It's like the running back, what it is like the like what the running back position was twenty years ago. It's kind of like your safety net in a way. So I, I think that's closer. I don't think he's getting cut. I don't think a fifth round rookie is gonna. He ain't getting cut. He's not getting yeah, he's not I mean, pushing him. Like, I don't know. I, I know. agree with the guy's take that there's you know a surprise or two every camp. That that's 
reasonable to say. Who was a surprise be- last year? I don't even remember. Who was a surprise last year? Uh, I, I, I off the top of my head, I don't know. I don't, uh, maybe it'll come. Maybe there wasn't any big surprise. I don't think there were any big cuts. Last everyone week. says that that's bullshit. No one gets. Typically, LeSean there McCoy was the. Anyway, was the bat. The, the, this the is bat, this, the bat. this is this is the way I look at the receiving position real quick here, and then we'll move on. Mm-hmm. You lose Emmanuel Sanders, who was productive but inconsistent and old, and Cole Beasley, who was banged up last year, and you replace it with Jameson Crowder, a guy who I think is underrated. I think I like him a lot. And Khalil Shakir, the the rookie, who a lot of a lot of smart people are saying that he should have went earlier, that he could be a real steal. Isaiah McKenzie was back, and then the other thing is, is I just think Gabe Davis is more grown now. He's he's more mature. He's been in the NFL longer, so he's ready to take that next step. So that's the big where the swing for me is. The receivers are better now than they were because I think Beasley and Sanders were on their downside, whereas Crowder's still pretty good. Shakir's a rookie, and I think Gabe Davis is uh. Ascending, which kind of leads to uh, the next tweet here. A couple about Khalil Shakir. And look, neither Joe and I are not going to sit here and sound like experts. Like we know a lot about the guy. Seen film. He's by all indications, the guy's a great fit. All right. Um, Sean says Khalil Shakir, 500 plus yards receiving and five touchdowns in his first year. And then uh, Stanley Cohen also has a tweet. Shakir, five touchdowns. There's two guys who are saying that. And then in the NFL, the Lions make the playoffs, which would make Joe Yernan's day. That's for damn sure. Um, look, I like Shakir a lot too, but I think Jameson Crowder being in front of him and uh, also OJ Howard with them playing more two tight end sets. Now that they got a good second tight end and James Cook coming out of the backfield. I think Shakir is going to be one of those guys. He's going to make the roster. No question about it, but he's going to be one of those guys to your point with James Cook. I, I think he's going to be brought along slowly. So I think 500 yards receiving and five touchdowns is a very ambitious take for a, a fifth how many, rookie. How many touchdowns did Gabe Davis have as a rookie? Uh, five or six. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I don't know. Like Josh Allen's going to throw like between 35 and 40 touchdowns. At least. You yeah. know, so yeah. yeah. So it, it's possible. And I, and I do think um, – you know, one thing I'll definitely say is I, I do think uh, – I think I froze. You're good. Oh, now. sorry. I'm back. I thought I froze for a second. Anyways, I'm back. Uh, yeah, I, I, sorry. I do think um, the Bills the Bills schedule is a little bit tougher with offenses, so I can see a lot more shootouts happening this season. So maybe, maybe the touchdown passes will get inflated a little bit because of that. But I could – I don't think she. I don't think the rookie him catching five is that is that big of a stretch. It's not, but I think for him to catch five, I think things would have to happen in front of him, like uh, maybe Crowder going down or or Davis or Diggs going down. Something would have to happen. But yeah, a lot of things might seem like a stretch on the surface, but they're not as much when certain things could happen. Like this next one, Sarge Cruz says Jake Krumerow catches five touchdowns. That ain't happening. I promise you that. Unless again things happen. Two, three receivers get hurt. Now all of a sudden, this guy's your second and third receiver for a month. Then anything's possible. Look, if, but, if if Butch Roll can catch three touchdowns a year, <laughs> anything can happen, man. I That's like Jake Krumerow. He's just I, I listen. There's a much better chance that Jake Krumerow is going to not make this football team than there is uh, him catching five touchdowns. Although I will say, Marquez Stevenson, I think is a guy who's definitely in trouble because even if the Bills keep six, uh, he, he's going to have a tough path to making this roster. All right, let's move on here. Frank Barber, um, hashtag at Hannibal Lecter, tweets, 
750 yards and 10 touchdowns for Knox in 2022. I also think Edmonds has his best year as a pro and makes us all wish we extended him before this season. And then he's got an NFL take. Miami gets a wild card. Let me move on too, because I know there's another one that follows up this with uh, Knox. Anthony Morton at TGM underscore 1989. He says Knox leads all tight ends and touchdowns. And then he says Derrick Henry finishes the season with a sub point four yards per carry for the first time in his career. We'll save the Miami for a little bit because I know there's other Miami tweets. And also Edmonds, I, I'll say this though. I don't think Edmonds is a divided guy. If you say he's an, a stud, half the groom agrees with you. If you say he's a bum who's overrated, not a bum, but if you say he's overrated, half the audience is going to agree with you. So I don't think either way is a pro. I think it's a good point to say that if he has a great year that the Bills should have extended him now. It might cost him more next year. Well, let's focus on Dawson Knox. 7-15, 10 touchdowns is uh, is Frank's hot take. Um, Dawson Knox last year had 587 yards and nine touchdowns. So that would be a progression, but not, nothing outlandish. On the other hand, Anthony Morton saying Knox leads all tight ends and touchdowns. I mean, you're talking about guys like Mark Andrews and Derek Kelsey and a, a bunch of other people. And I just lost Joe, so I'm going to have to keep going for a minute. Hopefully, he'll be back in a second. And uh. I'll address these first. Like I said, Dawson Knox scoring 10 touchdowns and 750 yards receiving, which is what Frank tweeted. I think that's definitely realistic. Um, again, he had just under 600 last year. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's realistic. And also, um, Derrick Henry, by the way, again, Dawson Knox is not going to lead the, the NFL in touchdowns. There's no way. Not with guys like Pitts and guys like Waller and Kelsey Andrews, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple guys um, off the top of my head as well. Derrick Henry finishing the season with a sub 4.0 yards per carry. I get the spirit of that right now. I understand what that means, but I looked it up too. His his career low yards per carry was 4.2 in 2017, and I think Anthony's suggesting that Tennessee, the, the teams are going to stack up against the run because this is a team – that lost A.J. Brown, and this is a team that cut Julio Jones. So that receiving core, on paper at least anyway, is nowhere near as good as it was last year. And I think um, Anthony's suggesting that teams are really going to gear up to stop the run. I could see him averaging low 4 point, like 4.2 or 4.3, but under 4.0, uh, I can't see that happening. I'll tell you what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to take one more quick commercial break, and I'm going to see if I can get Joe back. So uh, be right back again after this break. I apologize. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, I am back here. And Joe is back. Again, I'm back from break. I, I pretty much took the mic just so I know where you missed it, but we got to keep going here. Um, Talked about Dawson Knox. And uh, again, I think his stats, what the guy suggested, 10 touchdowns, 750s attainable, leading all tight ends in the NFL and touchdowns. I, 
I, I guess crazier things have happened, but that's borderline ridiculous. I can I can I can see a big deal for Dawson Knox. I don't think I don't think leading all touchdowns that seems a little bit bold. That's bold. That's asinine. I can see seven fifty. There's too many weapons on this team, and there's too many great tight ends in the NFL where they're their primary receiver. Again, Pitts in Atlanta. I mentioned Waller for the Raiders. Of course, Andrew Andrew for uh, Baltimore, who literally has no receivers. So Lamar Jackson is going to be throwing to him a ton. There's some good TJ Hawkinson in Detroit. There's a lot of great tight ends in the NFL. Dawson Knox has the, the potential to become one of them, but leading the NFL, that is really, really bold. Um, and I, I talked about Derrick Henry, man. Sub 4.0. I think teams are going to gear up to stop him, but still, I, I I think he'll do that. All right, let's move on here. Um, CS5699764. Who has that many numbers? This is a bot. That's it, a bot. A well, we, we shouldn't even be taking this All guy. Right, well, I, it might be a bot. However, I mean, it's got Bill stuff. So he predicts or she predicts, I don't know who this is, a 13-4 and four record. Josh Allen with 47 touchdown passes of – which eight go to new Bills tight end OJ Howard? All right, the, the the record is very realistic to me. The forty-seven touchdowns, not impossible. So I'm not going to go there. That's a lot, though. Eight to OJ Howard. Well, is Dawson Knox get hurt again, Joe? So many sound crazy on the surface, but then they're not that. When is it Dawson Knox goes down in week three, and DJ or OJ Howard's your main guy for the season? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well. So, yeah, and also, well, also OJ Howard has had injury concerns, so I don't. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, don't, don't. That doesn't. That doesn't do a lot, a lot for me there. Um, Mike. Mike Monahan. All right. So here we go. Wow. This hey, he used to write. Place. He used to write for my website, by the way, back in yeah. the, back in the Buffalo Wednesday. You know what? Anyways. I remember all the all the responses that I got from this exercise. I believe this one might have been the very first. He's got the Bills going. 16 and one this season. Wow. Josh Allen, 54 touchdowns. So you're talking a little over three per game, man. Dallas misses the playoffs. Again, we already kind of addressed Dallas, or at least I did. I don't think Dallas is going to miss the playoffs. That's a bold take. I'd, I I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't win their division, though. I, that wouldn't shock me. I don't know where I fall. With, we're getting a lot of stuff about Josh Allen throwing 40, 45, 50, now 54 touchdowns. In a season that, by the way, would be one short of the NFL record by Peyton Manning. You look at it in one way, Joe. You're like, all right, you got an extra game now, so that does matter. You got 17 games instead of 16, but sure. even then, that's still like 3.1, 3.2 touchdowns per game. It doesn't sound like that much, but you have one or two games where the offense ain't clicking, in, or you you run the ball for two or three touchdowns and you don't throw any. It could get lopsided real quick. I, I, look, we asked for bold. This is bold. 54 touchdowns. That's a lot. Yeah. 54, one, by the way, 16, 16 and one to me feels like the boldest of these takes. Absolutely. Like, that's the boldest. I mean, 54. I I don't want to blame the weather, but you know what? I, I would love to know which quarterback actually it would be Brady. Brady had like, you know, he had the most touchdowns up until like, until like Mahomes recently or Manning, excuse me. Of like a northeast quarterback who played in the elements and like had to like go through all that stuff. Um, right. Fifty-four touchdown passes feels like too, feels a little bit out of no. I, yeah. I that's that's feel that feels 
That, but that's more realistic than I would say 16 and one. I can't see them going 16. <laughs> All three of those, I mean, again, those are three pretty spicy, bold stakes. Bill 16 and one, Josh 54 touchdowns, and Dallas missing the playoffs. Um, let's continue at PDI GGY 22, P Diggy 22. Bills get the number one seed. Chiefs miss the playoffs. And then he says, Tom Brady should have stayed retired. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now, Joe. I don't think I published every single tweet that had the Chiefs missing the playoffs, but I promise you this there was several of them who say the Chiefs missed the playoffs. And oh, uh, Tom Brady should have stayed retired. I This tweet interests me. Because I'm going to tell you right now, all three of these, I could, and you clearly don't agree with at least the Kansas City part. I could see all three of these happening. I could see the Bills getting the number one seed. I think it's very possible that Tom Brady finally, finally sort of falls off that cliff. I mean, they're Tampa Bay's got a lot of their team back, but they've also, they've lost some. And uh, again, at some point, the guy's got to decline, man. Kansas City missing the playoffs. I, I I did a show about two or three weeks ago where I tiered um, every AFC team, one one of six tiers. And I had the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs all in the first tier because you still got Mahomes, you still got Kelsey. I still think they deserve to be there. But losing Tyreek Hill is big. I don't think their defense is that good. And, and I don't know, man. The AFC West, Joe, it's just loaded. There's going to be a good team in that division that don't make the playoffs. Denver loaded up. I think the Chargers are very good. And the Raiders are a good team who made the playoffs last year and got Devontae Adams. I don't think it's – it's bold. It's crazy. I don't, th- I it's, don't think it's, it's asinine. Bold. I think it's yeah. asinine. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I can't – I can't. The Chiefs were that – the Chiefs probably should have made the Super Bowl if they didn't, like, fall asleep in the second half against the Bengals and, like, kind of just went through the mo- – I, I, yes, the Hill, Hill leaving is a huge deal. No doubt. Uh, but Mahomes is, is arguably the best player in the world, like right now. He is. I agree. And I know, like, so now. They're not they're, missing the they're more. Playoffs. They're more, put it this way, I think they're far more vulnerable now than they've been at any point in the last four years. Though. I think the Raiders, I think the Raiders are bullshit. They're, they're, I don't. I, actually, I won't, I won't get into that yet. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming eventually you're going to ask me for a bold take. The judging all, these damn people. all right, let's anyway. do one or two more of these, and then we're going to wrap up here for part one. And again, we will be continuing this. Uh, we'll do a part two next week. Tons of uh, really good tweets from fans. Buffalo history at Ryan Spencer 21. He's got a bunch of them here. Bills go 13 and four, starting three and oh, before losing a shootout in Baltimore. We're not going to go 17 and oh. Um, he says the Colts. That's bold. Eight. We're not going seventeen and zero. Okay. Well, that was just in parentheses. I should have added. I know. I know. It's Colts. Right. Colts will win the AFC South. Chargers the West and Ravens the North. AFC East finishes Bills, Dolphins, and then a tie between the Patriots and the Jets. And he says James Cook will have more than five hundred yards receiving. I'll tell you what. I look at this in every single thing, quite literally, on this tweet from Brian Spencer. I think realistically, and when we call this bold, I don't know. These are bold. bold takes. They're not at I all. I don't. I think these are good takes. I think these are very, these are takes that have a very good chance of happening. And again, for people who are listening and not watching, Bill's going 13 and four, starting three and 0 first, and then they lose a shootout in Baltimore. Colts, AFC South, Chargers, the West, Ravens, the North. And then he's got the Bills, Dolphins, and then a tie New England and the Jets and James Cook having more than 500 yards receiving. 
I I literally see every single thing there potentially happening. Yeah, I can I, I can see uh, the running back thing. I, I these people are just I don't know, man. The whole the, the whole making J- I get he was really good in college with people uh, are high I, on I, him I'm, coming out. I get I'm that. I'm very too. skeptical about them. Again, this isn't this isn't mostly about the player. It's about the scheme of getting running backs involved. That's I my agree. issue. And I want to add, you know? Joel, on the draft, if I don't know, I'm actually I don't even think or you were on Twitter, you were back after your little went break. But anyway, after night one of the draft, I quite literally tweeted, please give me James Cook in round two. In fact, the morning of round two, I tweeted good morning only to James Cook. And then the Bills drafted him. So I was obviously happy. That said, it's going to take some time for him to uh, to flourish. But anyway, I, I I do. I think that's a very well. If you wanted them to get well, if you wanted them to get cooked, then he's going to be terrible. Then so great. Thanks no, a lot, he's dude. not. He's going to be good. And I you want to hit? You're you're never right. Come on. Five, no, I'm just kidding. You got a calculator in front of you. What's five hundred times or divided by seventeen? That would be uh, I think thirty yards, roughly. Yeah, uh, it would be like thir- like close to that. I think I have to do it right now because now I can't let go of this. Twenty. It's thirty. You know what? James Cook will get 500 yards receiving this year. That's 29 yards receiving per game. I could see that happen. Absolutely. All right, let's continue right. here. Um, Dale Flood, at Dale Flood. He says, Bills 3-4 and four pre-week bye. Then they run the table post-bye and go 13-4. and four. My first thought when I, when I saw this, because I remember my initial schedule reaction, I was like, damn, the Bills got a rough-ass early schedule, and then it, gets a, it opens up a lot. I think... Again, maybe not, I don't know if this is bold. I almost feel like this is pretty this could happen. Three and four pre-week by. Let's talk about that first. And I uh for the purpose of this, if you're watching on YouTube, I did pull up their schedule. Their first seven games at the Rams, at home against Tennessee on Monday night football, at Miami, at Baltimore, Pittsburgh, at Kansas City. That's six. And then they got Green Bay. No, he said post bye though. So he's got to be wrong. Or no, Kansas City's before the bye. So that's seven games there, right? One, two, three. No, there's only six games before the bye. Can you count? Yeah, it's seven of the Green Bay. He said three and four post-bye, but there's only six games. But let's add Green Bay as that seventh game. You got at the Rams, at Miami, at Baltimore, at home against Green Bay, at Kansas City. It's possible, very possible, that the Bills could struggle early in the season because they're playing a lot of tough teams. It could happen. Those are a lot of good football teams on paper. But then you look after that Green Bay game. And this is where you're talking about running the table. You got at the Jets, home against Minnesota, home against Cleveland, at Detroit, at New England, home against the Jets, home against Miami, at Chicago, at Cincinnati on Monday night, who you don't even think might not make the playoffs, and New England at home to end the season. It is – that's – it's not – crazy to me it's not a terrible take i mean look the first seven weeks is brutal like i could see them losing to the rams to baltimore to kansas city to green bay like that's four losses but i don't think that i think the spread is going to be definitely like very close in terms of that so i could totally see that happening yeah yeah, i I, I, and then the running the table like that that back half of the schedule i mean i i think maybe cincinnati could be tough it is even though like we that's gonna be tough and then, like, Cleveland, maybe. Like, depends if Deshaun Watson is playing or not. But, uh, you know, I can see I can see that guy's take being correct. Uh, and maybe yeah. being bold. I mean, it depends. Like, some, I don't know how many people realistically look at the schedule and go, we're going to go here, here, until, like, the regular season is up and running. Then you start predicting. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I can see that. 
All right, last one here for today. Um, it comes from Kev at K Mafia seven one six. Very, uh, this is not bold because they're literally the betting favorites. But I'll read what he says. He says the Bills win the Super Bowl, and then he says, which by the way, we'll talk about this um, part two, which will air next week as well, because he's not the only guy who's saying this. The Giants will win the NFC East. All right, we already the Bills winning the Super Bowl is not bold. We're not going to predict if the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl right now. It, it, it's realistic. Joe and I both know that. Why are people saying the Giants can win the NFC East? That that's what I don't understand at all. Dallas and Philly are in that division. I get the Buffalo connection now with Dable being the head coach, but Daniel Jones hasn't proven anything. And as far as I know, the Giants haven't like overhauled their their team completely or something. They're they're not good. That's a yeah. process, just like the Bills. It's going to be a process to to get good. I mean, the NFC East is is still whacked. I mean, I know like last year Dallas ran away with it pretty much, and Philly kind of like I don't know. No one really had Philly, Philly like going there, but it's always kind of a Jekyll and Hyde division. So I I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, it, it seems like a a little bit of a ludicrous take. Uh, <laughs> but, but, like, but here's here's the thing. Here's how we're going to wrap this up, Pat. Because you know me, I always overstep my boundaries. I'm going to give you one bold take for me on each end of this podcast. So I'm going to give right. you a bold take, and then in the second part at the end, I'll give you a second. Bold All right, take. go ahead. Here man. is. Here's my bold take. The Bills defense will finish in the bottom half of the league. Whoa. Is that a bold take for you? That's bold as hell. That might be as bold as any take that uh that we I, read and today. I, and I'm saying that because at the end of the day, and I've been saying this forever, the Bills defense, when it comes to going against really good offenses, and next year they go against a lot of really good offenses, they kind of struggle. And they have a lot of good quarterbacks they're going against next year. I think they'll be in that 15 to 16 range. So when I say bottom half, that's where it's going to be, between 15 and 20. That's where they're going to be. They were number one last year, so the fall into the the second half after picking up Von Miller and adding some other pieces, that's that's a bold take. That doesn't mean they're going to be a disaster. Maybe they'll be games where they'd be well in. But I think in totality, they're going to finish in the the bottom half. We'll definitely expand expand on that in in part two of this. And again, thank you everybody for watching, everybody for listening. So at Buffalo Wins on Twitter says the Bills are going to finish in the bottom half of the league. Um, Of defense, not like the whole thing, but defense will. Guys, make sure you tune in Friday. Joe Yearning, casual Friday. I'll be talking to him. He's actually in South Carolina. So I'll be doing it old school with him on a phone. So that's going to be audio only. And again, we will be back next week with part two, your biggest Buffalo Bills and NFL boldest 2022 season predictions. Talk to you guys soon.